What a joy it is to be with you this evening here in Atlanta, where the winter never comes. I'm in Johnstown, Pennsylvania now, and spring has yet to even show itself in any form at all. Nothing green yet. January, I saw the sun one day. 28 of the 31 days, it snowed, at least something. What a joy it was when I saw Atlanta celebrated in January with the beautiful ice skating rink known as 285. <laughs> and they asked me, do you Southerners not know how to drive? Do you know not how to handle cold weather? <coughs> Being from the South, of course, I knew the answer. Of course we know how to drive when there's no ice. But I also reminded them that as I drove around the area that I was dealing with during the storms, that I saw many cars and trucks that had left the road and had gone into a bank or into a ditch. And I reminded them that no Southerner was driving that vehicle. <laughs> I'm a true son of the South. When we talk about Gettysburg, where I live, I am defending the Southerners, not the Northerners. And by the grace of God, we remained one country, but it was very close on the second day. Within a few minutes, Lee's troops could have captured the Union Army and they would have sued for peace. That's what I tell them, and they shake in their boots. But just so you don't think we are the only Southerners, as I was driving from Johnstown towards West Virginia, Morgantown, where I have a church, I came across a farm, and he had the American flag upside down, a sign of distress, and underneath it was a Confederate flag in Pennsylvania. I was shocked, and I said, look at that Robert E. Lee. He left some of his boys here. I have seen other Confederate flags also, but usually under the American flag, which is upside down. This is a commentary on our country in its current state. There's a lot of division, a lot of suspicion, a lot of hatred even. But this time of year, as Orthodox Christians, we have to take away the division. We have to take away the suspicion. We have to take away the hatred of each other. I'm not talking about north and south now. I'm talking about in your house, in your neighborhood, in your church, in your town, in your state, in this region, in our country, in the world. Can you imagine if peace broke out everywhere? And we turned on the TV in the evening and they said, nothing to report. No one killed anyone. No one stole anything. No one broke into anyone's house. Amazingly, marvelously, incredibly, miraculously, all guns 
were silenced across the globe. And peace broke out everywhere. And people who were enemies of each other hugged and kissed and had a drink in celebration. This is what we pray for in the petitions. For peace in the world. It's not an abstract idea. We want this. And yet you see how impossible in our eyes it is to reach. But we have to continue to ask God to deliver this peace. I want to see it one day before I die. That Bill O'Reilly's talking points are love. Love broke out. There was love. Love, love. Oh, yes. And there was love. This is being Christian. This is what Christ taught us. This is what his mother was constantly telling us in her quiet way. If you listen to the words of tonight's stanzas, I'll just take mine. It said, the mother of the lamb and shepherd, it's talking about the Theotokos, O sheepfold of sheep with reason, sheep with reason, who wards off invisible enemies, who opens the portals of paradise. Can you imagine? This woman opened the door, the portals, to paradise. How? She gave birth to the son, obviously. He was the door, but she gave birth to the door. Things of heaven are now exalting with the earth. Rejoice the things of earth along with the heaven. Dance for joy. Heaven and earth are dancing because of this woman. This mother of God. This Theotokos. This ever virgin Mary. This young teenage girl that was startled by an archangel. And bowed down to the will of God. What? Me? Have a baby? Are you serious? I've never been with a man. How would I explain this? Must have been going on in her head. Not my will, but your will. And so she was the deliverer of the portal, if you will, the door of paradise. The voice of the apostles, the valiance of martyrs, the mighty foundation of faith, the bright indication of grace. These are ways of describing the Theotokos. Whom Hades is divested, through whom we are vested in glory. Because of this lady. We have what's coming for us. Christ. Of course, in the church, time is kind of a bizarre thing. We have Christmas and eight days later we are circumcising and a few days after that we're baptizing and he's 30 years old now. And then shortly thereafter he's picking his disciples 
and very shortly thereafter, he's beginning that period of entering into Jerusalem. And before you know it, they've had his trial. They have crucified him. He's dead. He's in the tomb. And we're waiting. For what? We had no idea that he would come back. He told us he would come back to his disciples. Now I'm saying he even showed them the possibility of death into a resurrection. The widow's son of Nain. He intersected with a funeral. He felt bad for the mother. He resurrected the son. How cool is that? The only son of a widow. Sound familiar? The mother of the only son who was a widow. He had compassion on her as he would his own mother. Jairus' daughter, 12 years old. She's dying. They go to find Christ. Where are you? Where are you? The daughter is dying. Come. But they can't get there fast enough because somebody touches him in the crowd. A woman who has a bleeding disease of 12 years. No coincidence, I'm sure. He stopped in the middle of the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciples said, who touched you? Are you kidding? You're being mobbed. Everyone is touching you. No, no, no. Someone touched me. I felt the power leave. And he healed this woman who had this incredible faith that if I just touch his garment, I can be healed. And where did she touch him? At the fringes, at the bottom. Which meant she was crawling in the dirt because she was unclean. Remember, she's bleeding. No one is going to allow her to touch anyone, much less the rabbi. She's healed. We delay. Jairus' daughter dies. He goes into the courtyard, and the people are wailing, like Greeks do sometimes. You know the professional wailers that we have in our villages? Please. Not even a tear. The wailers, they were wailing. And he told them, what are you crying about? The little girl is dead. She's not dead. She's sleeping. They laughed at him. He went inside with his disciples, a few of them, and the parents, and the young child is raised. Second resurrection. And of course, we know of Lazarus. His friend who died right before he was to go into Jerusalem. He's been dead four days. The sisters, Mary and Martha, are crazy. Where is the Lord? He's sick. Please find him. He can help us. He loves Lazarus. And the Lord delayed. On purpose. So that Lazarus would die. And he would be in the tomb four days Let's go see Lazarus, our friend. He's asleep. Let's go wake him up. It's easy for the Lord to heal Lazarus when he's sick. He's already healed people who are sick. But to show someone who has been dead four days to be called out of the tomb, that's not been done. That's a wow factor that his disciples needed to see so they would believe it when he came back from the tomb. And so Lazarus is in the tomb four days. Come out, Lazarus. He comes out. He's dead looking. I mean, he's like a mummy. But he's alive. And everybody rejoices. Can you imagine if you were in the crowd and that happened? How you would feel? The excitement of the crowd? 
That's what helped the Jerusalem entry be such a wonderful thing. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And then immediately they found a way to convict them of no crime and then to crucify him on a cross. They executed the Lord. But, as he said, he would return in three days. And he did. But it all started with this woman who was the vessel of the Lord as he developed as a baby. That's why she's so special. I guess the Lord could have just come on a white horse as an adult triumphantly. That's what they were looking for. They weren't looking for a little baby in a manger whose mother and father could not find a place to even stay for the night. So they end up in a barn, a cave with some animals. His bed is what? It's the little trough where the animals got their food. Doesn't look like a king to me. Looks like a little baby that doesn't have anything. And yet, the little baby of nothing was the son of God. And so this is what we're moving towards now. We have completed nearly the second week of Lent. Hopefully you have taken this period of time in the church calendar to prepare yourself. You're starting to think about your spiritual life. You're contemplating, where am I in my human existence, my relationship with God, my relationship with my fellow man? And taking advantage of it and trying to fix things. Why does the church have more services? So we can come to church more. So if we're coming to church more, we're praying more. We should pray more in our private prayers. Well, Bishop Gregory, I don't pray. Start now. Should read scripture more. Bishop Gregory, I don't read scripture. Start now. Not in an angry way, in an enthusiastic way. Get busy. What are you waiting for? Go to confession. You probably hear that and get tired of it. If you've never gone, what are you waiting for? Judgment day. (laughs) Judgment day is going to be the wrong time to try to confess. We're all going to be there together in front of Jesus Christ. They say there are about 7 billion, 8 billion people on the planet right now. National Geographic said about two years ago there were 115 billion people, 108 billion people already had passed when that survey was done in their mind. That means 125. All standing, billion, all standing in front of Jesus Christ on Judgment Day. Can't avoid it, sorry. Not going to be able to say I'm sick today, I'm not coming. I'm on vacation, I'm not going to show up. We're all going to be there together in front of Christ. He's on the throne, you're standing in front of him, and you're going to have how much time to defend yourself? He's going to account, what did you do with the time that I gave you? What did you do with the talents that I gave you? In other words, how did you lift up humanity with the gifts that I gave you specifically to help the people? That's your account. How much time do you think you have? Do you think you'll be able to bring your defense attorney with you? Do you think you'll be able to bring 10 or 15 boxes of records to say, look, Lord, I'm innocent. You can't possibly send me to the place I don't want to go. 
in less than the blink of an eye. He will see you and he will know you. He's God, remember? You won't have a chance to speak. And he will say, into the kingdom. Go to hell. That's it. It's that simple, my friends. Four years of seminary, that's what I came up with. There's lots of theology we can talk about. Great things of the church fathers, but it's essentially that. Either prepare yourself before judgment day, or you're going to hell. Tilil said. Decide what you want, and then work towards that. Do you want to be with God in paradise, with Christ, with Panaya, with the angels, with the saints, where there's light and warmth, no pain, sorrow, suffering, just joy and singing? Or do you want to be where there's no God, no Panagia, no saints, no good angels, only bad angels? It's dark, it's cold, it's pain, sorrow, suffering, tears. If that's what you want, go for it. But if it's not what you want, work for something better. Now, I get loud when I speak. I don't know why they gave me a microphone. But I'm not yelling at you for sure. I just talk loud when I get excited about Jesus Christ. Father's getting ready to take it off of me. (laughs) Ah, You're not going to pick me up, Father. Even if I fall, you'll not pick me up. I might roll, but... (laughs) This is what it's all about. This is why we have Lent. This is why we slowly move into it. This is why we should fast 40 days. Well, I can't possibly do 40 days. Well, you're probably right if you're not fasting during the year. You know, the Orthodox diet is Wednesdays and Fridays, no meat, meat products. That's standard year-round. Well, I can't possibly do that. Sure you can. Yes, sir. John, what do you want from Bishop G? <laughs> you can do it. I'm staying at his house. We're very good friends. <laughs> I went to the hospital the day we brought him home. He was about, I don't know, this big. Look at him now. It's all that Greek food he's been eating. <laughs> and yet we have to prepare ourselves to do the right things. If you're not fasting 40 days, it's okay. Fast some. Get into the routine. It's never too late. This Sunday is only the second Sunday of Lent. Gregory of Palamas, my patron saint, by the way. What a cool place for me to be in Atlanta, where I was for five years as the Eurokitics, the itinerant preacher confessor. I almost never served here. I was always on the road. You would see me during the weekday liturgies. Your kids know me. They saw me at camp. I know all these altar boys. I can tell you all kinds of stuff about them. (laughs) But what happens at summer camp stays at summer camp. (laughs) And the girls. Don't think that I don't count them. I do. More than the guys. But again, it's a joy to be with you. But take seriously what I've said. Because life is very short. 
and we don't know when it's going to end. If I ask a teenager, how many of you know somebody who died while you were in school? Almost all of them can raise their hand. Do you know if your child's coming home tomorrow? If it goes to school, you don't. You better tell them you love them every day. Your husband goes away for work. You don't know if he's coming back. What story in the news would you like me to repeat to show you that not everybody comes home at the end of the workday? How many people die in their sleep and they just never got that last prayer in with God to ask for forgiveness and they never wake up? Don't think that you're going to live to 104, although maybe a few of you will. Most of us are going to be dead way before that. But you don't know when. Every day could be the last day. And so take advantage of every day. You wake up, lean on that bed, make the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, get up, go. I know you're busy, run. But remember God. Thank you for this day, Lord. And when you go to bed at night, say that final prayer. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for anything that I did that maybe I shouldn't have done. And rest easily. But if you don't do that, especially you adults, how are the little ones going to know what it means to be an Orthodox Christian that's active? Just because you're Greek doesn't make you a good Orthodox Christian or some other background that you might be. An Orthodox Christian is someone who engages the faith and does all those beautiful things that were taught to us by the Lord, his disciples, and all the church fathers through 2,000 years of history. New saints, Nictarios, 20th century. Porfirios, 21st century. We have saints of this century already. New ones. To guide us, to show us what it means to be an active Orthodox Christian. And so we're going to see everybody on that one day. And it's going to be really sad if most of us don't make it where we want to be. If we all end up in that dark, cold place, don't ask me for any assistance. I will give you nothing. I'll be too afraid of what's coming. A bishop in hell? Can you imagine what Satan is going to do with the clergy? Father, have you ever thought about this? Have you thought what can happen to you and Father Christos and all the other priests if we don't make it into paradise? We don't have it easier than you. You have to worry about your soul. Father Paul, how many communities have you been serving in your years of ministry? How many years of priesthood? 30 years of priesthood. How many souls have passed his hands? He's responsible for all of them. (laughs) Good luck. I'll be praying for you. But I got a whole diocese. I'm really in trouble. 81 communities from Canada to Florida, the Mississippi River to the Atlantic, the largest landmass of any metropolis or diocese in America with the most churches. I was having fun in New Orleans. They could have left me there. But this has been an incredible turn of events for me. Incredible. A blue lightning bolt hit me as I sat at my desk at the office in New Orleans. The archbishop called and wanted to speak to me. Archbishop, what does he want to talk to me for? 
The secretary asked, can you come to New York tomorrow? I said, no. I said, I better call Metropolitan Alexis. Fine, I didn't tell her this. I better find out what's going on. The archbishop did just call a priest just because. Something must be up. He said, I think he wants to talk to you about the Carpatho-Russian bishop opening. I said, what are you talking about? And that's where I ended up. Incredible journey. I will not burden you or bore you with the details. But as a young child in Charlotte, North Carolina, I didn't have a baseball team. Here in Atlanta, you had the Braves. I didn't like the Braves. They weren't my team. They were Atlanta's team. But we didn't have one. Next closest team, Washington Senators. Sorry, not interested. They're politicians. At six, I knew not to toy with them. But one Saturday, I saw a beautiful team with yellow outfits with a big black P on the cap. Pittsburgh Pirates. Since I was six years old, I've been a Pirates fan. Guess what? I went to a playoff game this year. They finally made it after 20 years. I'm one hour and 15 minutes away, Father. Since you were six, they finally made it. They've, no, no, they've made it three World Series since I was born. We're going for another one this year. I will taunt you from the stadium. It's good to see a lot of old friends. And when I say old, I don't mean like Yerondaka, old, old, chronological, but people that I recognize. Thank you for coming this evening. This is a very nice turnout for the Panagia. I mean, this is very nice. This doesn't happen in a lot of places. In the Carpatho-Russian diocese, we don't have this tradition. There's no, yet it is me. There's no akathist. What a joy it was to pick up a book that I remember from another classmate of ours. Father Seraphim Didis was in mine and Father Christos's class. So I got to chant his English translation of that particular stanza. And so it's really a joy for me. When you go home tonight, go safely. Tell everybody you love them before you go to bed. And then tomorrow, get up and do whatever you got to do. Hopefully, you'll be here Sunday. Somehow, Metropolitan Alexa says, stay for liturgy. I will stay for liturgy. And I will ordain someone to the diaconate. You probably know him, Dr. Stephen Muse. He's in Columbus, Georgia, the church there. And so to the diaconate this week. God willing, that we make it till Sunday morning. Okay. Again, thank you for coming. Know that I love you. I miss you. I talk about the South a lot, wherever I am. I never let them forget where I'm from. They have tried to make me a northerner. I just laugh. They have brutalized me with bad weather. I just laugh. I haven't found grits yet, but I'm taking a whole 50-pound bag back. When I come here for the summer vacation to visit my parents in Charlotte, I'm taking it back with me. I'm going to take it in my favorite restaurant there where I get fried chicken, good fried chicken in Pennsylvania. I'm going to show them what grits is all about. (laughs) And I guarantee you, once they get to know them and love them, they'll be asking me where that bag came from. And I'll say, for a price, I'll tell you anything you want. Have a nice evening. You should come up and venerate the icon of the Theotokos. It's a beautiful icon here. 
beautiful tradition that you have with the flowers, with the young men and young women chanting and saying the prayers. This is wonderful. This is how we have active people as young people in our church. Don't forget that. They're watching everything that you do, adults. Everything. And if they learn something wrong, it's because they watched you do it wrong. Teach them the right way. They'll never leave us. They'll be here to do our memorial services when we're all dead. But if we don't train them well, the church will be empty. No one will remember you. And so you have a responsibility. See, Metropolitan Alexios taught me well. Yerokitix, the itinerant preacher. I could stand here and talk all night. For the record, this is not my idea, so I don't care if it gets dirty or torn or anything like that. I did ask permission, though, to use it. Metropolitan says, by all means. The choir has taken the hint. They've actually come down now. I'm not going to preach to the choir. I'm done. (laughs) 